everyone, and welcome to the Concora Corner, a podcast dedicated to bringing you interviews with folks working in the AEC and BPM industry. I'm one of your hosts, Graham Waldrop, a director of product here at Concora. Today, we're talking with Sarah Lero, marketing manager of Peerless Products. Sarah discusses her strategy around marketing her company's window and glass products, as well as her company's innovative approach to hiring, empowering, and retaining employees to create a healthy and productive workforce. We hope you enjoy today's interview with Sarah, but before we begin, here's a quick word from our CEO, Kip Rapp. I wanted to thank everyone again for listening to our podcast, and if you're interested in knowing more about Concora, we help building product manufacturers get specified and purchase more by providing a great web experience that's bolted onto your website. It makes it easy for your architects, engineers, and contractors to do business online with you. Uh, we sum it up as three things. It's providing a good web experience, good content, and good tools. And we have some great tools such as submittals, sustainability, project showcases, or anything else needed by your design community to specify and purchase products. We'd be more than happy to show you a quick demo, and you can go to concora.com, C-O-N-C-O-R-A.com to learn more, read case studies, and see how other customers have grown sales with our partnership. Yeah, so uh, hi, Sarah. It's uh, definitely glad to meet you. I was looking forward to uh, the podcast and learning more about your products, your uh, as you mentioned, you're integratedly, uh, vertically integrated for manufacturing. And normally how we start is if you can just uh, introduce yourself, what you do and your company does. My name is Sarah Leroux and I'm the marketing manager for Peerless Products Incorporated. Uh, we provide architectural and commercially rated all aluminum windows and doors. Got it. And are you, um, is it residential and commercial or both? We have, for the longest time, we have been only commercial. Um, and then this last year, we decided to add on a residential branch known as our commercial applications group. So we just opened that facility. Oh, well, that's awesome. And uh, is that anything related to COVID or was that just coincidental? Uh, we got a pretty good deal on the, on the building. So that's why we decided to start it, you know, when everything was kind of down. We wanted to expand our, our niche. And when you say residential, because I'm, I'm guessing, uh, for example, I hear multifamily residential, I, I kind of consider that commercial, or are you thinking more uh, single family, or is it multifamily or a mix? It'll be a mix. Um, so we'll do, you know, up to four or five story multifamily wood structures. Um, it's kind of, it's that commercially rated product. So it's a little bit um, less stringent on wind and everything like that. So it'll go up four or five stories, but then we're also working with some different dealers to put in high-end residential. So, you know, the big million-dollar homes. Oh, wow. I, I should be so lucky. <laughs> million-dollar homes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as you mentioned, aluminum. So can you walk us through a little bit of the different types of, uh, I mean, you, you said a few things, commercial, residential. Commercial has a higher, I, I would say, it sounds like performance requirements. And I know there's a lots of types of uh building materials out there for doors. So could you walk us through, as you mentioned with aluminum and how that's different from other uh, door types and things like that? Yeah, so there, there are a few different types. You could have aluminum, fiberglass, vinyl. Um, we really stuck to aluminum because it's going to give you the best um, structural stability as well as including a thermal strut in it is going to give you 
the best energy performances in the industry. Um, and then depending on, you know, the type of hardware you use, but the type of hardware we use gives you the best compression. So we could get some of the lowest U values um, in the industry with the best water and air performance. Got it. And what is wood a, a building material then for doors? Yes. And I did not even mention that one. It didn't come to mind. Um, we do not do any wood, but it is also uh, an option out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not as much of an expert <laughs> for windows and doors, but uh, I, I just think it's, it's interesting, as you mentioned, that you chose aluminum and, and it sounded like mainly for the, it, it has a, a really good uh, durability and strength and as you mentioned, right? Yeah, and at the beginning of Peerless, we did sell some vinyl windows, um, but we moved away from that when we really, you know, we're going after the architectural community because of the high performance standards that they set. Wow, yeah, that's great. And so that applies to both the windows and doors. And uh, or is that a, a kind of a, a balance of the businesses between those two or, or is it more doors and then windows? Uh, right now, we, we actually sell more windows than doors. I mean, and that's just because typically a building is going to have fewer doors on it than it does windows. Uh, when you think, you know, multifamily high rise with, you know, they only have so many balconies, whereas there's windows across the whole building. Um, but with the addition to our new folding door uh, that we have, the business is definitely picked up in the door side. Well, that's cool. And is the folding door glass or aluminum? It's uh, aluminum, you know, with the glass panels uh, in it. It's basically like a giant window <laughs> uh, that folds accordion style. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I was talking to a few, you know, the kind of these glass wall systems, it sounds like, where, where it has a lot of, I mean, they look great uh, when, when those are in there, but um, that's great. So as you mentioned, with being vertically integrated, I, I assume then the aluminum, the glass, all of that, I, I guess you may order some of that, but it, it's all then shipped in, manufactured, assembled, uh, and then delivered. Yeah, so our uh, process is we buy the aluminum billets, we extrude it there in Fort Scott, Kansas, um, and mm -hmm. then we also powder coat it there um, that, you know, our powder coat line is one of the only in the nation. It's fully automated vertical system with, you know, electrostatic technology so that there's no waste and we can recycle the powder. Um, and then we have a full uh, saw and fab department and then a f nine different assembly lines who are actually putting the windows together. Um, and then we do actually purchase our glass um, from Cardinal Glass. They're you know, a huge player in the industry. Wow, that's cool. And you, you mentioned some, some other cool things there with the assembly line. So is there quite a bit of, is it robotics or automation then in the, uh, the building? We do have some uh, robotics and automation, uh, mainly in our storage system. We have an overhead crane that moves all the, me the metal where it needs to go. And in our saw department, we have a um, five axis saw that will you know, fully cut and fab all of the pieces on that aluminum. But the assembling part is still very much manual uh, people putting things together um, with the help of overhead cranes and special uh, patented A-frame tables so that there's no safety concerns or people aren't lugging around 600 pound windows. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that that's, I, I was just talking to someone else, Sarah, and the nobility and, and, you know, it's impressive that you're able to 
um, have folks that can work and have fulfilling work and career paths by and keeping you know just investing in the community and it sounds like that's what you're doing there right we, where we have just kind of this blend of vertical integration some automation and then just just kind of these great jobs that you can supply the community yeah so we are actually the largest employer in fort scott kansas where our main location is um and we love to promote within we have multiple people um i mean even the the man who runs our Fort Scott plant. He started in the, in the factory and moved up and now he's the plant manager. And we have stories like that of people being at Peerless for over 30 years. Um, and we like to think a lot of that is due to, you know, being able to promote people to better positions and then all of our community outreach. I mean, anytime, you know, the city needs anything powder coated, we've powder coated all of the bike racks that they have or different benches and things like that. And really just, you know, try to donate to the community because, we live and work there. So we want it to be a great place. Now that's awesome. And how many folks are then employed in general? We have around 400 people right now between our three facilities, but Fort Scott is our main one. And then we have Nevada, Missouri, which is our innovative solutions group, uh, where we do all the warehousing and, you know, building the oversized folding doors. And then our commercial line is in Iola, Kansas. And that's our newest and only has about 30 people, but they're, they're, you know, growing fast. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very impressive. And, and how you're able to, well, one, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I was telling you this, I, I was in another town next to where I live in Atlanta and they, they, the Goodyear facility closed and you can see the impact it has to the community because it's just, and it's, I guess it's cheaper somewhere else. And, and all these uh, great jobs are displaced and it, so what you're doing, and as you mentioned, as the larger employer, uh, largest employer of that town. Um, and, and when we talked in our prep, you, you mentioned you're also, as you mentioned, investing in the community with the powder coating, but you're also working and investing into the education. Is that right? Yes. So we bring in different um, groups from the community college that is in the surrounding areas as well as high schoolers and we tour them through our facility and show them like look you don't necessarily have to go out and get a four-year degree to get a good job and to grow with a company and learn as you go um, so we're doing those tours constantly we even go so far as to have a partnership with an elementary school in town um, which i know sounds kind of crazy you know <laughs> elementary school they've got years but we we sit there and we we go in each month and we you know have a little word of the day and they get to see people who might work with their parents and they, you know, become proud to that their parents work at Peerless because they come and visit them. So it's just, you know, trying to get everybody involved. Yeah, I can say the word of the day is V for vertically integrated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kids, let's uh, talk about what that means. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. And uh, well, I, I think that's great because, uh, I mean, people get interested in something at very young ages. And if, if you're not there, then uh, it's hard for them to kind of explore those areas. So grade school, high school, and college. And what, what's a, uh, I mean, what is a career path in, in that case? So a career path could look like, I'm trying to think of some people that we have that mm -hmm. I, I know this has happened to. So we had uh, a fellow that started out on our press and he worked his way up and was a lead. And then he, uh, from a lead position, he became a supervisor. And from there, he they brought him into the office because they, you know, they saw how good he was doing and they moved him into purchasing. 
Well, after purchasing, they moved him and now he is running our CAG uh, department or, you know, location. Um, so, you know, there's many different steps you can take. And, you know, in order to find out who these people are to promote them within the company, we have Kaizen events and oh, we grab yeah. people from all over the, the a company to participate in these Kaizen events. And that's really where a lot of the promoting comes from because you get to see them shine at something they're not doing every day. Well, you're the second person that mentioned Kaizen, so <laughs> that's cool. Uh, walk us through what that means, Kaizen, and how that's implemented in your company. So for, for us, we really look at the process as a whole. We do daily walks so that we can see everything that's going on. And when we find a bottleneck within our facility, something that's slowing down the process or just not as efficient it needs to be, we decide, okay, we're going to put team together we're going to get people from behind where the problem is and after the problem and we are going to see how we can fix the problem so if there's an, an issue in our fab department we're going to grab somebody from powder and we're going to grab somebody from assembly and then other people within the company an engineer somebody maybe from our it team or it team or automation team and we're going to put them in a room for a week and they basically have a week where they do 6 a.m to 6 p.m days and they figure out the problem or they figure out a suggestion you know a solution and then they present it to the the whole team and we decide you know how we're going to move forward that is really cool so as you mentioned daily walks there may be these opportunity areas bottleneck areas and you'll assemble a team like the Avengers. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's led by our <laughs> continuous improvement manager. So I should, I guess I should have said that it's led by our continuous improvement manager. Which yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and now you have this team, which as that gets formed, uh, they, they sit in a room for a week, which is, seems very reasonable where you, you kind of like, um, cordon them off to just focus on this, uh, problem quickly. Yeah. Uh, which I admire because then I assume you have to then somehow whatever job they were doing, you have to have someone else, uh, I guess, compensate, right? Yes. We love to cross train and we actually have a program called our ACE program where if somebody, you know, takes this test and they cross train, then they can get a small raise oh, uh, wow. uh, for being cross trained. That's cool. And, 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 and does that mean at some point in the future, they, they uh, pick up hours in that other discipline? Yeah. So it's, you know, we, we do a lot of like back and forth lending. So if one department short somebody, they'll pull somebody from another department. And, you know, if we go back and forth and just try to fill the spots where we need, we're a very team environment. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm, I listened to all this and my background's in industrial engineering and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of great, a lot of great, concepts and processes come from industrial and manufacturing in general and and then i kind of think about how, how do you apply that to like a, a corporate environment <laughs> it's like yeah i'm sure you can I, I mean i hear people they you know they have committees they're a little more uh of a, a section of the company and it promotes kind of that interest where you're able to look at other problems that's outside your normal purview um so i, I think that's maybe a good corollary but with with your teams then they after that week event uh, how does that work how do you know what to implement and how do you know if it's working so we kind of go by the philosophy of 
if we're going to fail, we want to fail fast. Um, mm -hmm. So we have a 30 day list task list that we're going to, you know, we're going to decide we're going to test this out. We're going to, you know, see if it works. Basically the solution that we suggest, we're going to do it and see if it works. And then we're going to come back in 60 days and we're also going to follow up. And I mean, we have open communication all the time. Like I said, we, we report on these uh, Kaizen events multiple times after that week is finished so that, you know, everybody can see, is this working? Is this what we needed to do? Mm -hmm. So in that case, you spend a week, you fail fast, measure, uh, are, are you implementing the second week or it takes like 30 days to implement or kind of depends? It, it kind of depends. It, it, uh, it depends on how fast we can implement uh, some of the things we're very, you know, technology pushed forward company. Um, so sometimes it takes IT a little bit longer than uh, normal to, you know, implement and fail quickly. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But typically within that 30 day period, we can decide whether something's working or not. Oh, within 30 days. Okay. Yeah. And we, we do do uh, set follow-up Kaizans and things like that on topics that like maybe just didn't quite hit the mark. It makes sense. So normally the implementations within 30 days and then you can measure. And if it's not exactly hitting the mark, you can have a, what a, is it a mini Kaizen or you get the same team together and look at yeah. what worked and what didn't work. Yeah, we do do mini Kaizans. If it's like, okay, we just need, we, you know, analyze it and decide we just need this small thing to change, then we'll do a mini Kaizen. If it's, you know, we got to start from scratch, we're going to get a whole brand new team together. And it might be, you know, a few months down the line that we decide to, okay, now we're going to retry this. We're going to get a fresh look on it and try again. Awesome. And I mentioned, imagine with the experiment, because you're, you have a lot of um, manufacturing, then you're, you're looking at, I assume, hard evidence or metrics of some sort to know if it's working? Typically, if we have a Kaizen event, it's it's got to, you know, align to a KPI. So there's a specific KPI we're looking at and measuring to see if what we're implementing is working. Gotcha. Is that also defined by the Kaizen team that says, here's how we're going to measure this? No, it's pre-done. Pre we uh, have, I want to say, eight or 10 different KPIs and um, that's set by the, the company and it follows our strategic objectives mm -hmm. uh, for how we're going to meet our goals. So that's great. Uh, well, no, thanks for walking me through that. I, I'm, last time I was talking about this was, uh, uh, I forgot their company now, but they made, <laughs> she, she's going to get mad with to me. <laughs> Her name's Suji. <laughs> but um, it, 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 it sounded like a very similar culture uh, in her company, it was across every organization from sales to marketing, manufacturing operations. And yeah, they, they very KPI centric. I think their CEO was very manufacturing KPI centric and it kind of supported this uh, methodology that you're talking about. But they mentioned very similar things where they would have these teams, they would measure stuff, they would have follow-ups and it was a great way to get people involved in, in, in your example you mentioned that because it's, it's, a, it's a great way to get people involved in cross trains and, and understanding more things that they may like, right, about the company. Yeah. And we always, we like to include people, new people on these Kaizen teams every time. It's not the same set of people because you're always going to get different perspectives. You're going to get different ideas. And, you know, if you bring someone from the assembly line in and you say, hey, how, how can you help us solve this problem? It, give, it makes them feel good because you, their voice gets heard. 
So it, it's also a morale boost. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Everyone wants to feel valued, they're heard, they're contributing. And I, I think that's a great way they have those uh, processes and ways to be able to do that. Um, and and I, I'm just kind of thinking through this. Do you, how many are going on it? I mean, you, let's say you have a hundred percent of your employees are working, right? And then these teams, I guess, amount to a percent of those employees, right? So what, is, is there like 10 Kaizen? <laughs> is everyone in a Kaizen room? <laughs> and the no. assembly line's kind of running away or something? <laughs> no, we typically try to keep it to one Kaizen a week. Uh, okay. And it, that, is, that usually involves like six to 10 people at the most probably because, you know, we got to have a conference room big enough for everybody to fit in. <laughs> but we there every once in a while, you get a couple Kaizans going at once and then it's just kind of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And wa wa walk us through what are some of the ground rules of the event? Um, like, because you want everyone to be heard. All opinions matter. And I'm sure you have to time box things. And I'm sure there has to be some kind of facilitator. So is there like a high level kind of just summary if someone wanted to try this out in their own company? Yeah. So what we do is we have our continuous improvement manager. He kind of, you know, runs the time and says, we have this amount of time for this. Um, but then at the end of day two through five, basically, they um, have a meeting where they report to uh, the plant or the president, the plant manager and some other department heads who are involved. And they either tell you you're on the right track or you need to go a different direction. Um, because we have an idea most of the time for our Kaizans we have this problem and we think it might be solved by this, but if you can bring in something else that, that could help us out in a better way, we'll do it. But really it relies on that continuous improvement manager to time box and make sure everyone's online and they're not getting too out of focus. Gotcha. And I know six days may or may not be a long time. Do you see that the amount of improvements you make? Cause I, I kind of think with experiments, continuous improvement, you do, little things continuously and incrementally versus just large mm -hmm. monolithic, like, oh, we boil the ocean. So if you give us $10 million, <laughs> we can do that for you, right? So yeah. How does that work with you all? Um, so we have, I think, different ranges. Some of the Kaizans we do are like the big, huge changes, um, but some of them are dialed down to, you know, the pallet that we're shipping this window on has a problem or an elbow L brace broke or something like that. How are we going to keep that from happening next time? What is this small change to this one, you know, these one sets of pallets that we need to change. So we do have a range from like the big giant, we're going to change the whole process of how this is done down to we've got these small details that aren't working and we're going to fix that. And basically we do it project by project basis, how much money that they're going to spend on it. And it's just, how important is it to the company and how is it going to, you know, align with our goals and our objectives for the year or, you know, how's it going to help us grow? Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for diving into that area. I know is a little uh, off to the side, but I, I, I was, I, I, it came up before and I do think what you're doing just makes a lot of sense for other listeners that they could try that out. Um, so hopefully folks can listen in and learn from that and see what they can do in, uh, in, to back up a second, you mentioned uh, the community outreach, and it, this is something uh, you know I find a little 
challenging and a balance for other companies is that as you bring in technology and you don't want to alienate the workforce, right? Because mm-hmm. that can happen. Right. So how do, how do you all manage through that? Um, so what we always kind of think is like, while we have a full automation team and we're trying to automate more processes, we never want to just cut people's jobs. What we would do is promote people to higher end jobs, jobs where they have to think more. I mean, when I think about the new saw that we put in, that's this automated saw where you stick the metal in and then it comes out perfect. Um, when we got that, the person who was running the saw department before didn't lose their job. They learned how to program this saw and how to tell it what to do. So it really just expanded their skills and we promoted them into maybe a higher higher way of thinking type job. You know, they're not just there standing there punching metal, they're actually programming how the saw works. Mm-hmm. So that's what we try to do. We try to, you know, promote and train them in, you know, other places so that nobody's ever losing their job. I mean, we we really value our people at Peerless and we have a lot of different systems in place to, you know, try to keep people because, you know, it it costs more to look, to get new people than it does to just keep the people you have. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's very, uh, I guess, uh, impressive and because it takes thought, right? I think the easiest thing you can do is just say, oh, we can reduce staff. It's the biggest uh, cost of our P&L and, and we're right. a more thoughtful approach is while we want to support the community, we want to have thriving career paths and we can cross chain, uh, cross train and, and really have a kind of a good win-win scenario with the company and the employee. So that's great. Uh, what's, uh, you know, in that line of thinking, is, is it, I'm, I'm kind of thinking through that. Is it where, are there certain job skills and just become obsolete and then you're moving people up to more, more of these other um, type of jobs or is it, I, I'm assuming there's other jobs, they're, they're just kind of a less of a percent. And then therefore when you're hiring, you can then change your hiring practice to be more of the, uh, I guess, the evolved jobs in that case? Yes. Um, and we've tried um, many different things, you know, as we're hiring and um, we really, you know, tried to up the caliber of people we try to attract in because, you know, we want the best, the best of the community. Um, and so to do that, we've, you know, in- increased the prices that people are going to get paid. We have, you know, told them, you know, if you do these X things, you're going to also get a pay increase like our ACE program. And we also, um, put a little bit better titles on the jobs. I know that sounds silly because what is a title? You know, it's made up basically. But if you tell somebody, okay, you're going to be an assembly worker, they're like, oh shoot, okay, I'm going to be an assembly worker. (laughs) Uh, But if you tell somebody, look, you're going to be an assembly engineer or, you know, something along that title. So we're, we're experimenting with a few different things on that front because we're still really going through it and kind of at the beginning stages of a lot of our automation. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I do agree with you. I think there's quite a few people that titles do matter a lot because people are asked, what do you do? I'm yeah. the assembly engineer or I'm the assembly person. <laughs> that's all. Oh, I'm the, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what would I say? There's a, uh, I don't, I forgot the term there, but the, I, I, I really uh, applaud that and just creative things. And I was talking to someone else, uh, Sarah, and it's, it's like some of these little things that take thought can make a big difference for, as you mentioned, with uh, people enjoying their jobs. And uh, I was talking to another lady about diversity hiring. And it's, it's like just little things like when you go to a career fair, you know, send, send someone that's 
more representative of the community versus <laughs> yes yes and always take a, a, a woman they're less intimidating <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're not yelling at you right so that's right <laughs> but I, I i yeah thank you for sharing that because i, I do think some people just uh, they've never really learned that and it's easy it's it, it's not a a monumental event to be able to have some su substantial improvements like you're saying with people enjoying their jobs like the, with the title changes um, and, and what you're saying with the cross training is awesome. And then, uh, deep reaching into the community and, uh, do, do you also look at, uh, I mean, is personality important? Is, is that something that happens at the beginning and then, uh, value, you know, aligning their values to your values? Yes. Um, we actually, within our office staff, we have started to do assess personality assessments, the disc and, um, one other one that I'm losing at the moment. <laughs> but we do these personality assessments to see that they're going to line up with the job that they're applying to. And we can also run that personality assessment against other job opportunities in the company so that we can, if they don't, if they apply to one position and they don't necessarily fit with what we typically hire, then we can run it against something else and say, okay, I think you'd be a better fit here. Yeah, that's so true. I, I know with, um there's certain jobs and titles, like if you're an accountant versus uh, an artist or something, right? Yeah. There's some personalities that kind of weigh more towards one or the other. So like mostly- Right, for us, it's like a project manager versus a salesperson. Oh, yeah. Completely different personality types <laughs> most of the time. That's so true. I've never, they're kind of like rare unicorns. <laughs> so like, yeah. That, um, yeah, to be a, kind of into the details of the task sheets and punch lists. That's definitely not the same skill set of an, a very good communicator, I would say. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that's awesome. And uh, I, I'd say just as a last topic, uh, just to go back to the actual product that you have with the windows and doors, the aluminum, um, you, you do have a, a strong emphasis on the commercial community uh, and you, you are, I would assume being specified is important. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And you know, with that, walk us through a little bit of how you work with the whole kind of commercial process, like the architects, engineers, contractors, and you know, some people have direct salespeople, other you know, they have distributors or manufacturer reps. Can you kind of walk us through what you guys do? Yes. So we have a pretty unique system. Um, most of all of our, what are typically called sales reps, um, we call them business development owners and they all are peerless employees. Um, they work for us. And then they are supplemented with what we call our pods, which is a group of individuals that contains an applications engineer, a project coordinator and a business coordinator. So somebody who's gonna you know, project manage and somebody who's gonna estimate. And they're all region specific. So that if you have a whole pod in Florida, they're gonna know all the Florida codes that they have to hit. They got, they're going to know what type of product is best used in what location and what area, you know, hurricanes important. But if you go up to new England, you're going to get a whole different set of codes. You're going to, you know, be looking at bird glass, things like that. And those pods are going to know exactly what's needed in their region. That's cool. Yeah. I know we talked to pod content and I was like thinking, Oh, I was looking at like the discovery channel. <laughs> they're talking about the dolphin pods. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking about, pods of dolphins that are very specialized in the one ocean, yeah. I guess, right? So, 
but that's cool. I, and I, I completely see that where uh, talking to other people, the trusted advisor, having the right people. And I, as you mentioned before, the pod team and the, uh, is it the business development rep, the, the, the yes. salesperson is able to have a, a very good way to collaborate and advise with your potential customers. So anywhere from architects to what building owners to contractors. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we sell, I always say we don't just sell to the people we actually sell to. We sell to architects, consultants, building owners, general contractors, and it's not necessarily, you know, they pay us and buy our stuff, but we have to have the buy-in from all of those parties. So we are all the time calling on the GCs and the architects and asking our subcontractors, our glazers to get us in touch with these entities so that, you know, we can be the best consultants for them that they have. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm thinking about the dolphins and your customers in the middle. You're protecting them against yeah. the killer whales. And <laughs> right. <laughs> and, as, and as you mentioned, they're, they're also not there from the sales, but they're also helping out um, throughout the bidding. Is that right? In the, in the construction? Yes. Uh, so our whole team is basically there from start to finish. We're, we're trying to get an architect's office to help develop and design. Um, once a product is, you know, or a project is booked, we do our own shop drawings for it. We, um, give them the full schedule. We'll warehouse it, um, cause we have a warehousing facility and then, you know, we'll deliver it when they need. And our project coordinators also, you know, deliver the warranties so that you're basically working with the same team from start to finish. Okay. And then, um, I, I forgot what you said earlier, are, are you, how do you distribute and deliver the product then? We currently are using Conestoga trailers. So they're the trailers that are soft sided that fully open back so that you can forklift off, you know, all three sides, or you can crane up to the floor that you're building on. And we also are shipping all of our windows horizontally on pallets. So it's not something that's typically done because, you know, people would think that's easier to break, but we're applying film to both sides of the windows it's fully wrapped, so it's weatherproof, um, and they can be staged however they need to, you know, by floor, by mark number. Um, and then we, our operable windows, the, when the handle comes off, it's shipped separate, and then you just pop it on so that no other trades can be going in and out of the windows and breaking things, because that was a huge mm -hmm. problem for us a few years back. Oh, gotcha. So, the, are, so you're shipping directly from your facilities then? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you'll, you'll uh, manufacture, assemble, warehouse, and then as people order, you'll assemble and ship to the project site across the nation? Yeah. So in our warehouse, it's pretty specific. We have everything staged by truckload. And mm -hmm. so when a customer calls our shipping strategist, they say, hey, I need, I need this truck, truckload one, two, and three. She'll, you know, get on the phone and, you know, say, hey, he needs it there this week. And we got we have a partnership with a local trucking company who almost solely runs our product across the nation. So it's it's a pretty good deal. I guess a little about you. What what's kind of your day to day? I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot. There's, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of different tasks. Um, so currently, me being the marketing manager, you know, I'm doing anything from putting different things on our website, giving our customers access to our website, posting on social media. 
Um, I'm kind of in a transition period where I'm now calling on architects and trying to get in those conversations and trying to schedule lunch and learn presentations to get them AIA credits. Um, so it, it varies different, you know, every day, but that's the best part about it. Okay. So you mentioned transition and, and you mentioned something about architects. So that's a little more salesy business development. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. That's fun. Uh, so marketing manager, digital marketing, uh, and are you doing blogs? Are you doing uh, email or uh, other types of digital marketing activities? Yes, we do have a peerless blog uh, that we're trying to post on monthly. Uh, we, we have a small team. That's why I say trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we try to hit on all the top, hot topics, you know, bird glass, air ventilation, all the, all the things that are happening within the window industry that are kind of up in the air right now. We, we love to give our opinion on it from somebody who manufactures the product. Um, and then we also do email campaigns. We do have um, print brochures. We have a lot of, you know, business development that goes out and travels and they love to be able to, you know, hand a really nice brochure to somebody. That's great. And you mentioned small team. So is it you and someone else or is there a few people? <laughs> or is it just there's you? Three, there's three of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and are you sharing or you, or do you guys uh, have specialties? We, yeah, we kind of, you know, share responsibilities. Um, one of my team members, she basically makes all of our videos, films, all our videos, edits, things like that. Um, and then the other team member is housing our commercial or working our commercial applications group because it's a whole new brand. It's a whole new set of customers because we're, you know, selling to dealers and potentially homeowners. So it's a little bit different than anything we've done on the architectural side. So she's, you know, doing everything for that branch to try to build that brand up. And you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned something cool with the architects. So what, what has worked when you're calling into architects? Are you like warming them up with campaigns and outreach or is it a cold call or, uh, and then, yeah, beyond that, I mean, is there something that's working well? Some of it's cold calling. Uh, and that of course, you know, is hit and miss. Uh, we ha do have a lot of relationships with architects that we've worked on in the past. Um, so some of it is getting referrals. A lot of times our customers have relationships with the architects. So we'll ask them to refer us to an architect, get us in and, and start, you know, learning about them. What segment of the market they, are they in? What type of buildings do they do? What are they seeing as, you know, challenges that they're facing? We really try to figure out how we can help. Yeah, that makes sense. Just how you can educate, help and collaborate. Is, is yeah. there, um, is there any technique you would say that seems to work better? I, the referrals, those, those, those work the best because, you know, they've already got a relationship established and if they mm -hmm. can come in and say, Hey, we really like these guys. We like their windows, you know, they're you know, easy to install. We don't have any problems Then the architects, you know, more open to listen. So just as a, one other last thing, I promise this will be the last, <laughs> last thing. Uh, like, let's say I'm an architect and what, what would be a, a, a great way to, to describe your products that, that works with maybe my building projects is there some kind of differentiation on that it's hard to say because it's very uh specific building specific what type of market are you in the hospitality market mm -hmm. or the multifamily market um but really we are a high performing aluminum architectural window or door and you know 
sometimes the some of that could look like okay you need an ada window or an ada door or you need an egress window but you still need to meet fall protection and there's a lot of these niche things that we do that are a little bit different than what everybody else does gotcha so the performance aspect i i would also assume because of your pod approach that's pretty differentiating with your yes. architects because you can kind of bring in an army of trusted advisors to help them along not only the architect but you know if it's the engineer or the contractor and it, it sounds like because you're vertically integrated then you also have a differentiation on the supply chain about being able to yeah. deliver that we are able to keep a really low lead time i mean currently we're setting at eight weeks which is kind of unheard of for a lot of people right now yeah all the COVID mishaps right and container yeah. shortages driver shortages labor shortages i mean there was there was a full aluminum shortage but our purchasing manager had the wherewithal when things started going crazy he just bought a whole lot of it because we have a lot of storage space so <laughs> that's great well i know we're running to the end of the session and uh i'm i'm just saying i'm really impressed sarah i, I talked to a lot of marketers and your knowledge of, of the other areas of the company is really cool and, and the Kaizen was really cool and just appreciate you being able to talk us through your company, what y'all do with the windows and doors, the differentiation and certainly the kind of the differentiation on your Kaizen events and the whole manufacturing process and career path and community outreach. I, I just, I, again, I'm, I'm a fan on that. I just, I'm a big believer in you know, growing the communities that we're in and you know, creating enriching lives, right? Versus right. Uh, automate. So important. Yeah. Otherwise, what are people going to do? <laughs> right. What are you living for? You know? <laughs> so yeah, thanks for uh, your time. And if people needed to reach out to your company or you or um, any way they can reach out to your company. Yeah. Um, we are peerlessproducts.com is our website. And then we are peerless products inks on all of the different social media platforms. We got it all. You got it all. You got it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. I, I appreciate your time and, uh, absolutely look forward to chatting with you again sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that wraps us up for today's show. So you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud by searching for The Concord Corner. And if you'd like to, we'd love a rating and a short review if you listen on Apple. Any feedback is appreciated on any of our shows that are coming out, and or just the show in general, or if you just want to say hello. Uh, you can find out more about Concora and our services at www.concora.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash LLC. We are on Twitter at Concora. And you can find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash Concora. Thank you for listening and have a great day.